the last poll I saw showed 33% of the likely GOP voters were undecided. Will they be swayed by President Trump's tip toward J.D. Vance or J.P. Vance or whomever that might be? That's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for one race. You know, we've endorsed Dr. Oz. We've endorsed J.P., right? J.D. Mandel. And he's doing great. They're all doing good. So it's that undecided pool that I'm talking about. I'm told we have uh, Mike Gibbons back on the line. Let's see if this line's any better now. Mike, can you hear me? Uh, I can. Can you hear me? You sound way better now than you did before, so that's great. Um, so you, you were kind of making the point, and you were saying that none of the supporters that you guys have talked to that were Gibbons before are now Vance because of um, uh, because of the, the president's endorsement, President Trump's endorsement. As I was saying, as we reconnected with you, I don't expect Mandel supporters to flip to Vance because Trump said so. I don't expect Gibbons supporters to flip to Vance because Trump said so. But it's that pool of 33 percent of undivided or excuse me, undecided voters, Mike, uh, that I wonder yes. how they will be impacted by the president's endorsement. What, what do you think? Well, we, we wonder, too. Uh, so consequently, we're trying to do everything we can to, uh, you know, with uh, mailings and, uh, and, and uh, robocalls and actual calls as much as we can do. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's there's a I believe that J.D. Vance may have changed his mind. I hope he did. Uh, but I want to tell you something, Bob. When somebody says they have to hold their nose and vote for Hillary Clinton, you cannot have a threat of conservatism in your body. Um, I mean, think about what we thought of Hillary Clinton in that election. How, can, how you know, even if you didn't like Trump, how could you possibly say something like that and be conservative? And, you know, and I so I don't know where he stands. I don't know what what his real makeup is. Um, you know, and I, you know, another thing is, you know, wherever I go in the state, I, I say, we got to get rid of the career politicians and everybody cheers. Every no matter where I am, they cheer. Yet. Josh Mandel continues to get votes from people that say they don't want a career, a career politician. I, I don't understand how it works. I'm not a politician. Uh, so it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a very confusing race. Mike, uh, tell me tell me what you think of the Dolan factor in all of this. I kind of just recounted just the way things have gone over the past few months. Mandela's had a good lead. You didn't mind that at all. You told me early on, I don't want to lead early because when you lead early, you become the target and everybody is trying to take you down. That's you'd rather be leading, Yeah, <laughs> and you'd rather be leading late. So you were kind of not leading early, but then you were leading kind of, kind of you know, third quarter, if we want to make a football analogy here, which you like yeah, to do. Yeah. You were kind of in the lead in the third quarter. Now here in the fourth quarter, it's kind of shifted again. Not only has J.D. seen a surge from Trump, maybe with those undecideds, but you've slipped down to third or fourth place because here comes Dolan. Uh, again, this is just the recent poll, that the Trafalgar poll, shows him pretty much in a neck-and-neck -neck tie for the lead. Um, what do you make of that and that shift? Or is this just a different group of voters that was polled this time and it was, uh, you know, happened to be heavily weighted with Dolan people? Well, that. You know, again, I'm, I'm as confused as everybody else. Matt Dolan hasn't been attacked by anybody. Uh, Matt Dolan started as a Democrat, uh, ran as a Democrat initially, has had a lot of Democrat kind of attitudes and policies as he's gone through, voted against the, the uh, uh, Stand Your Ground bill, voted against the Heartbeat bill, uh, because he's in Jaga County and he's kind of in a purple county and that's the way he, he votes. Mm -hmm. 
Um, now, I've been around the state, and I believe this is is more than a center-right state. And, and I don't think Matt Dillon's going to draw a lot of support from anywhere outside of maybe Cuyahoga County. And I know they heavily concentrate on Cuyahoga County and these in and Franklin County and these uh, in these polls. Uh, you know, we spent a lot of time in all 88 counties, uh, and, uh, and and we we hope that that those undecideds are going to be influenced by our support in those counties. And uh, you know, everything on the ground indicates that. You know, the uh, Trafalgar one uh, that I was just referencing shows Vance 26, Dolan 22, and this is the most recent. This is definitely for career. This is two-minute drill stuff. Uh, Dolan right. 22, Mandel 20.8, and you dropped all the way down to 13 in that one. And, again, you were leading yeah. just a few weeks ago. The latest Emerson is similar, but it has J.D. at 26, Mandel at 24, Dolan at 21, and you at 17. So a little bit closer, nine off of the lead in that one. So two snapshots, right. two different polls, both of them at the same time frame, end of April, beginning of May here at this uh, you know, uh, uh, primary eve. Um, what do you think has led to your decline in those two polls uh, from being in the lead to, to being in fourth? $10 million worth of attack, uh, attack spending. <clears throat> Making things up from thin air. You you saw the Mandel attack when I was in the middle of the debate. Sure. It had no bearing whatsoever on what I said. It was planned. Uh, he wanted to, you know, have people suspect that I had, uh, you know, less than respect for the military. Um, three days before that, my wife and I flew to Virginia Beach to uh, say goodbye to my son, who was being deployed as a Navy pilot. Uh, it was completely made up out of thin air. Little little slips have been, you know, I have no legislative record. So little segments have been chopped out of various conversations I've had or interviews I've had to make me look like, you know, I, I, I've been having, uh, I've been having town halls with Grover Norquist and Rand Paul supported me, yet they came out and said I wanted to raise taxes on the middle class. Now, I mean, it, it, that's absurd on its face. But if enough people hear it, they go, "Boy, I don't want to. I don't want to vote for Mike Gibbons. He wants to raise tax on the middle class." That's the last thing I want to do. If you, you know me from, you know, every speech you've ever heard me give. I talk about small government and lower taxes. But you can tell somebody, you know, you can have a commercial that says, "Mike Gibbons hates babies," and there will be enough people who only see that commercial to think, I can't vote for that guy. He hates babies. Uh, you know, and that's, that's the state of politics in America today. And uh, when you're a businessman that, uh, that's never been exposed to it, uh, I guess I was a bit naive to think that I could uh, just tell the truth and get away Mike, with it. <laughs> Mike, let, Mike, let me ask you this about that. Um, I had you on shortly after that video came out that uh, was from last October and your, your, uh, your interview with Cranes or whoever it was. And, uh, and, and you were reading uh, the Democrat or reciting what you described as the Democrats' attitude toward taxes with respect to the rich right. and, and the middle class. Right. And I was reading it right off the, uh, the IRS. Literally, the numbers I gave were right off the IRS website. No, I, I understand and, that. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. But my question yeah. isn't about the specifics of that anymore. It's yeah. do you think you've done a good enough job explaining that? Because after I had you on and gave you a chance to explain that, and I tried to process it myself, and I think I paraphrased you after, and you said that was accurate. That's how you're, you know, what you what yeah. you were doing there. I had people say to me, Bob, I'm still confused. I, 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 I don't think he speaks clearly enough on this. Do you think you have clearly delineated your position enough on that? 
And also, you know, one of the other ones I hear, Mike, from uh, critics of you, and, I, and by, by the way, don't take any of this personally. I do this with Josh. I do sure. this with JD. I, I hit Absolutely. them with everything that the critics are saying about them and give them a chance to respond. So I'm doing the same thing to you. They said that you didn't clarify in that debate or since then remarks about women never being oppressed, that you said women have never been oppressed. What are you talking about? They So well, they you think, you're, so well, they think it's all, misogynistic. Yeah, yeah. So can do you think you've done a good enough job of clarifying those criticisms? Go ahead. Well, you know, I, I consider the word oppressed a left-wing trigger word. And, you know, there was a different culture. Uh, I, I assure you, the most respected person in my household was my mother. Um, and, you know, I have two daughters. And I don't know if you've seen the video that my daughter made, Caitlin, um, that, that talked about how I supported her. Um, I believe this is America. And, and I don't believe anybody's held back by any oppression, uh, that if they work hard and, and they have the ability, they can achieve anything they want. And that's what I taught my daughters. And, uh, you know, it all, th- that, that stemmed from an interview I had with uh, Colleen Marshall in, in, in Columbus. And I think the difference is it was a different culture, and women may not have had the same opportunities they had uh, 100 years ago as they have now. But I don't call that oppression. I call it a different culture. And, you know, just as they did, they were not expected to go fight the world wars. Um, you know, and men were, were men oppressed because they were the ones who were forced into the military. I, I mean, I don't think that's oppression. I think that's the culture. And we've changed and we evolved and we have evolved. And, and women today, and, and I'm a huge proponent of this, as my daughters would tell you, that I don't believe anybody in America is held back from anything they want to accomplish. And, and, and that, that's, that's my view. And, and that's the problem. You get a 10 second soundbite and, uh, and somebody says, are women oppressed? And, and now I guess they're, well, you've said, you've said that to me, Mike, you've said that to me a number of times that, you know, you know, JD Vance sounds good in sound bites. He's very smooth. He's very, uh, you know, he's, he's very good on a debate stage and you are, you've said it. I don't speak in sound bites. I need some time to explain my positions on things. And that doesn't come across in a lot of places. So I know that's a, a bit of a challenge for you, which is why I asked, do you think you've done enough in enough interviews or rallies or events or speaking engagements to clarify your positions on things that people have criticized like the tax? Well, I can tell you in our polling, I'm, In our polling, I'm leading among women, or at least I was in the last poll. Uh, So I think, you know, hopefully we've overcome that. I know I have, you know, thousands of women supporters that recognize that, you know, the kind of attitudes I just expressed to you, that that that's my belief. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I I don't know. All I can say is I don't think Rand Paul and Grover Norquist would be – you know, I mean, Ram, uh, Grover Norquist doesn't endorse me, but would he have be having town halls with me uh, with somebody that wants to raise taxes on the middle class? <laughs> it's ridiculous. And, yeah, I... uh, in, you know, in every the hundreds of speeches I give, I always talk about lower taxes, less regulation, smaller government. That's what I stand for. And I've never I've never equivocated about that. And if one slice of one interview does not change anything. And, and by the way, I didn't say I wanted to raise taxes, but I just said, you know, the the, uh, the left be, believes that the upper class doesn't, uh, the highest income earners in America don't pay their share of federal income tax. They believe the middle class doesn't pay their federal uh, share of the federal income tax. And and 
I'm not sure what they think about all the people that don't pay any federal income tax at all. It, it, uh, it, we have a very bad tax system, and, and it hurts particularly people that, that want to climb out of a position I was in when I was a kid in, in starting a business and, and, and being taxed as, as business people at personal tax rates. It, 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 uh, every dollar that goes to the government, a dollar that could be creating a new job, or buying new capital equipment, or expanding that business. And, and we don't design our tax code to reflect that. And we need to align the interests of the country with every every bill we pass in, in Congress. We don't do that in, in social spending or in, tax, uh, in taxation. Mike, um, and, I've, uh, I've got a, I've, I've, I'm a little short on time here, but I've got a, a, sure. a special guest on the line. Uh, I was just yep. made aware of this. Uh, this apparently is one of your supporters, uh, uh, like Rand Paul and Grover Norquist and others. Uh, hey, Tony, say hello to Mike. Yes, I'm here. Tony, go ahead. Say hello to Mike Gibbons. Mike, Tony, George, how are you? Hey, Tony, good. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Listen, I heard you on the radio, and I figured I'd call in. I just wanted to make a point that I don't think everybody knows about. Bob? Let me tell you, everybody's supporting Mike Gibbons on his, that is a finance chair for Mike Gibbons was also a finance chair for Donald Trump when he ran in 2016. Mike Gibbons was one of the earliest supporters for Donald Trump, probably one of the biggest givers. So when he came out with this endorsement for J.D. Vance, he, the president, Donald Trump, who we all respect and we all love, he upset a lot of his supporters. I could tell you that. Not just from Mike Gibbons' camp, but from the other camps. It just doesn't make sense what he did. And I wouldn't read too much into the polls. I've never seen anybody work harder as a candidate than Mike Gibbons. He's been in every county probably ten times since he's been running. He talks to the real grassroots people. He, he doesn't turn anybody away. This guy talks to everybody. This is the hardest-working candidate I've ever seen supported in my my career and i i wouldn't look at to, hey, tony just, tony tony real I would quick just uh, tell everybody yeah i would just tell everybody get out and vote and vote for mike gibbon tony, you, george. tony george i appreciate you calling in and uh and uh, giving your testimony there to mike uh, testimonial there for mike gibbons i appreciate that yeah that kind of caught me by surprise mike i figured he called let's put him on <laughs> with you real quick so he's one of your finance chairs you've obviously he's obviously a super super successful and tremendous uh uh, uh cleveland area restaurateur and uh and, and and super successful businessman so it is all about uh business because that makes the economy go that puts everybody in good position so mike let me give you the last minute here to make your closing pitch here um, you know, especially since, you know, we, you talked about $10 million in attack ads against you. Now it seems like most of the attack ads are going back and forth between uh, JP, uh, JP Mandel and Josh Mandel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't get over that. But it sounds yeah. like they're attacking each other more now. And uh, this could be the opening you need to slide right back in as they beat each other up and remind everybody of who they should vote for. So give us your closing pitch here, Mike. Well, I'm not a politician, and unfortunately, in a political race, that hurts you. Uh, I am a conservative. I have been my whole adult life. I will make sure that anything I do uh, respects conservative values. Uh, you know, I'm doing this because I love this country. I, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, "Mike spent all this money," and and uh, what a fool. I don't believe that spending money 
to try to help this country is anything but honorable. And win or lose, uh, you know, I believe that I tried to change the dialogue. I tried to, to, to push the conservative values that, that this nation has to have restored or we're in deep trouble. Um, I'm, I'm not a politician. What you hear from me is what you get. I have never said anything other than the truth uh, when I speak at any, any, uh, any opportunity I've had. Uh, I can't say that about my opponents. They, uh, you know, they can change uh, like chameleons no matter where they are. Um, you, what you're getting with me is a regular guy that decided he loved America enough to spend a lot of money to try to change things. And, uh, yeah. and, and that's, that's the reason I'm running by. Mike Gibbons, uh, you have worked very, very hard in this whole thing. You've been upfront with me every time I call you on, and uh, every time I ask you tough questions, you answer them. I think you guys have all done a pretty good job of that, answering the hard questions from the critics and uh, uh, things that just uh, you know a lot of people are wondering about. So I appreciate you for doing that. I wish you the very best of luck tomorrow, Mike. And uh, regardless, win or lose, we look to, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Bob. Thank you for uh, having me. Thank you. Bye. Appreciate you very much. There you go. Mike Gibbons. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.